On the first part of the journey, I was looking at radical rocks. There were fossils, minerals, and rocks and things. There were sand and hills and rings. The first thing I found was a geocrystals, quartz with no clouds. It was hot and the ground was hard, but the gems were there. Right. We found. See, I've been through the desert, found a rock with no name. Felt good to have it in my hand. In the desert, you can find lots of rocks. Cause radical rocks are everywhere. Mm. Alright, I hope everybody's having a great day. Um, I came home and my street was closed down because propane truck flipped hey, over, turquoise? so <laughs> another fun week. Is that a Sagittarius? Last week there was a fire about a half mile from Can't my house. These make We're out here in the forest and uh, the family lost their whole home, sadly. But uh, they're alive. Hey, I gotta go doing check well. out Radical Rocks. Although they did lose two cats, so that's kind of sad. But uh, the community's really pitching in, so... Alright, so, so much for our little promo there. Um, today we have a whole bunch of really cool topics for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about rock hounding in Nevada. We're going to talk about this beautiful gemstone called Lavender Gray Spinel. And uh, it was quite striking. We're going to talk about something rarer than a diamond, a couple different stones just to think about. Um, we're going to talk about um, a soldier who thought he was going to get rich after he found a large catch of burl. And then some fossil news. We've got a girl who's not even in the first grade yet that made a nice discovery in Alberta, Canada. We've got uh, a brain of a fossil that's been preserved well enough. First time ever. We'll talk about that. It's very interesting. Also help them identify the creature even better, I think. We're going to talk about a so-called 310-million-year-old um, brain. Um, we mentioned that. Also, we're going to talk about how to read a geological map. And I have, if you're on the, the YouTube video, which I'm live streaming on Facebook right now, you can um, see along with that and learn about that. We're going to talk about a field trip to see some rainbow obsidian and agates and green jasper at the McDonald Ranch. Uh, we're going to look at uh, Dunbarite stone and so much more guys. We've got a whole bunch. Before we get started I want to encourage you guys to go to RadicalRocks.com scroll down to the bottom of the page join some of our social media. we got a lot there. we got Facebook, MeWe, um, I think we're on uh, a couple others and also we've got our podcast of course and our videos and there's even a blog out there with some downloadable stuff I love coffee so I have to have coffee break every few minutes or I lose my raggedy voice so without any further ado guys let's get right into it here's a gym and mineral show that you might want to check out in uh, Ish Paming and that is at the Elks Club. You can find out about this. Let's see, what state was that in? It says right down here somewhere. Uh, it's the 
They have gym and mineral trips. This is this weekend in Michigan, guys. Ishpeming, Michigan, this week. There's a beautiful picture here of a wonderful sample of verisite, a nice sample of some calcite. I see some rhodochrosite over there in stalagmite cut uh, against the plane, so it looks like the rounded shape. We've got some hematite on quartz crystals. Should be a really great show to go check out. Now, what is rarer than a diamond? If you go to shepadvisor.com.au, our friends there in Australia have an article on the advisor about a few gemstones that are rarer than a diamond. And it's something to think about. You've got muscovite, or yeah, I think I said that right, jadeite, alexandrite, red beryl, and other gemstones that are much more valuable than diamonds. And a lot of these were discovered right in Australia at the Musgrave Ranges. Gem quality stones, some of them um, for one carat could be $35,000 per carat. Um, or even a diamond is $12,000 a carat approximately. Which is good news because I bought a diamond for my wife a few years ago. And uh, it's a little bigger than a carat. It's about a carat and a half, so that makes me feel pretty good. It looks like uh, I'm going to have to put a safe around her finger. All right, so there's that. Next, oh, this is really pretty. I don't know if you've ever heard of lavender gray spinel, but uh, I stumbled across this on jckonline.com by Brittany Smenitz with a Z on the end. And there it is, if you're on the YouTube video, you can see it. It's this lavender gray. It's just a mesmerizing color, really. Um, it just really drew me in. Now, spindle is, can be in all sorts of different colors. It's really nice and hard. This is a three carat ring right here. This is like 6.5 or harder on um, the Mohs scale. This particular ring here that they're selling for almost $8,000 is 3.35 carat. I believe it's probably mined out of India. Really gorgeous gemstone. Lavender gray spinel. Okay, now for some fossil news. We've got a so-called one in a million find and so-called 310 million year old fossil of a brain. They say it's in perfect condition. If it was perfect, you could put it back in the animal and it would come to life. So I really doubt it's perfect. Um, perfect is, wow, you know? <laughs> how, do you, how do you know what perfect is, right? But what it is, is it's a horseshoe crab. If you can see the picture here, its brain looks kind of like somebody tried to draw on a rock with white uh, and draw like a scorpion or something. And that's what its brain looks like. It looks like it has, oh, it's got, looks like four or five legs on one side, one, two, three, about almost four legs on the other, and a tail that kind of whip, whips like a J back up. Um, and that's what its brain is. Now, looking at this brain has helped them identify this horseshoe crab as being a crab? No. This thing is related, it's an arachnia. Arachnia is a spider. Very unusual. Um, they've never seen anything like this before. And uh, 
So they're studying the heck out of it, loving it. There's some great pictures if you want to go to dailystar.co.uk. Our friends over on the other side of the pond, Kurt Robinson, wrote this on the second and uh, has quite a nice article with a lot of nice pictures and diagrams of the creature and its brain close up. There it is. If you're on the video with me, you can see the brain. All right. Now, a little girl finds a unique fossil at the Alberta Lake in Canada. This was uh, cited by Sarah Ryan, posted on the 3rd at globalnews.ca over there in Canada. And um, she found a something in the water and at the lake there and started asking grandma and everybody about it and everybody guessed and I guess grandma was the closest it is a camel tooth in incredible condition here's a picture of it here it's a molar there's a video that goes along with this if you want to watch it um, there's the back side of the molar which is looking kind of rooty and brown like he should have probably brushed his teeth and not chewed so much chewing tobacco but you know how camels are they're always chewing and spitting and stuff um, but the top of the tooth man you look like you could grind up coconuts with that thing it's so aggressive and has all these grooves in it probably for stripping bark and things like that um, that it was designed to eat okay now here's another beautiful gemstone I believe it's called diaspore d-i-a-s-p-o-r-e now this stone um, if you're on the video you can see some beautiful pictures of this multicolored crystal gemstone in most cases it can be green it can be brown it can be red um, but it can have all those colors mixed into it and if you go to jewelermagazine.com you can see it here it was uh, a nice article about how dispore or diaspore displays color and light many different colors and varieties this was written by uh, Michaela Egan I believe and he says that the Greek word for diaspora means to scatter or to disperse and this disperses all these colors this rock also this gemstone has color changes so when you're in daylight it could go pinkish brown um, if you're in incandescent light uh, and it has traces of, of titanium and different chromium and things like that you can get another color um, get these browns and things like that. Very popular um, for to sell to tourists and such. Sometimes it can just be a pinkish green or yellowish blue or brownish green or white or colorless. Sometimes it has a color change. It can be found all over. Um, they're mining this out of Norway, South Africa, Russia, Turkey, Hungary, and it is about a 6.5 to 7 on the hardness scale. Quite beautiful. It's an oxide material. Um, when it has iron, of course, you're going to get the reds and browns. Very beautiful material that you can find there. There is synthetic stuff out there, though, so be careful. Make sure if you think it's 100% genuine that you are buying from a reputable source and it's trustworthy. Now, what if you were walking along, you're a soldier, and you discover this huge deposit of burl uh, and you find out it's as rare as uranium. In the Post magazine at scmp.com, 
We've got an article here by Regina Chin. It was published on the 3rd. Beautiful, beautiful burl here in uh, a yellow, which has kind of got a slight hue of green, very, very slight, and a beautiful sky blue, pink, or blue, rather, with uh, almost um, maybe a tiny, tiniest hint ever of aqua, but it's more blue than anything else, and the yellow is more yellow than anything else. Well, he was walking along in 1955 in Hong Kong, and he stumbled across this huge ore-bearing ore vein. And, of course, you know how it is in China. You don't get to keep anything you find there. But uh, he was the one who was cited as finding it. This stuff was priced even back then at $50 a ton, which should have made him a fortune. But it didn't. There's a beautiful picture of a raw sample here from Hong Kong. Mr. William Harris thought he would become rich, but it just didn't happen. Um, you're not going to get uh, you're not going to get to exploit things that are in China. The article goes on and on. If you want to read more about it, and look at that story and those beautiful gemstones. Now, our friends, the searchers, are over in Anaheim, California. This club, I was just telling my daughter and her significant other who is a geologist and I believe is going back to get even more wonderful degrees in geology um, they joined a particular club which I don't want to be disparaging but uh, they haven't had any field trips and I was like you gotta join the searchers in Anaheim this group of folks here has some of the best field trips of all the Rock County clubs around and I subscribe and get their newsletter and I recommend you join their club if you're in the area and um, be a part of this if you're gonna go on one of their field trips um, yeah join their club be in go to the field trip and check it out look at this field trip here man you want to go get some beautiful obsidian this is a huge long-range trip where they're gonna go through California I think they're going to um, Oregon and uh, maybe Illinois, Illinois Creek or something like that. So it tells you all about it here. Um, Steve Duncan, this guy is awesome. He's so knowledgeable. I know him, uh, went to a few rock hunting trips with him. It's been a while since I've seen him. This guy is incredible. Um, you want to be with somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, there's a place to get a permit from the forest to do it all legal. There's a place in Oregon is a $60 fee. This is part of the trip too. Uh, they're going to find agates in the river. Man, with this hot weather that we're having here on the west coast, um, you want, it's all the way up to Idaho. I'm in north Idaho. It's hot as Hades up here. Um, you want to go to Cedar Bloom and dig up these agates. You've got a link to the campground there. You want to go to an RV park. They got that hooked up. What are they going to do? They're going to go to the Van Dusen River. Jim Trails uh, has a great article on the green jasper and the um, serpentine in the river, which is of good quality for carving and even gemstones. They're going to stay there for two nights. Um, and then on the 28th, they are going to the Jug Handle State National Reserve to the Pygmy Forest. They also are going to Lassen, Lassen Creek. Did I gloss over that? There it is. 
Lassen Davis Creek on the 21st and 22nd and 23rd. This place has some of the most spectacular obsidian you will probably see in your life. And it's in abundance. Look at that rainbow obsidian. It shimmers, it shines. Mahogany obsidian with the brown and black swirls. It looks so earthy and wonderful. And then also this green jasper here that you can find some of it's banded. Um, you can cut the bands out. There is good material in there. I've collected some of that myself. I have some that, I have all of that actually. I've collected all of those. Very nice, wonderful addition to your collection. Also, how to read a geological map. Now I've done some real basic map stuff and I think I'm gonna go through one day and show you guys how I research a site uh, on the computer and then we'll actually go out there and see if we can find something and just go through the whole step-by-step -step. Um, I I was checking one area but I wanted to check an area where I would at least find something interesting so I've been checking some areas but nothing's really been that interesting so you will get skunked when you do this but I'm gonna try to find one where we at least find one or two things interesting but back to reading a geological map Reading a geological map can help you um, because in an area where everything's claimed up or if um, all the areas are closed off. You use these in junction with topographical maps and area maps. You can see what areas are closed off or what areas are open or what areas are claimed. And you go to areas nearby that share the same geology. So for example, you look at this map right here um, you have these different types of minerals and rocks. You look underneath the um, the description, it'll show you, you know, like this is probably going to be sand, this is gravel. Um, some of this is going to be igneous rocks. I don't have the, um, the, the Q or whatever that shows you what these stand for. But you look it up and you find out, okay, this is, you know, maybe this is uh, a quartzite over here. Here's igneous rock. Uh, it's going to look probably pretty volcanic. Uh, you've got another type of rock, whatever that is. And you look for these, these areas. Now this could be a fault right here. Faults are good to look along. There's probably another fault in here and that's why all this mineralization, all these X's are probably mines or prospects. So if you go through here looking for this particular mineral, just say it's gold for example or quartz or what have you, you may not be able to get over here because it's all claimed up. He's got his marker on there. You don't want to do anything, but you can check down here. You can check over here. Um, or you can check for float that's come down into the areas down below. So you, you never give up. If there's something really cool and it's close to you and your location, you don't want to give up. You want to keep looking. And this can help you discover deposits that, you know, possibly nobody else has found. Now, Typically, they're not going to be magnificent deposits, but you might find, um, for example, there's quartz veins that are going to pop up. So you just explore this whole area around here, no telling what else you might find. It might not be as spectacular as these mines, but it might be some great samples for your collections. So what else can we learn from geological maps? They've given us a link right here to bedrock geology, how to look at the bedrock um, and see how it works. You can see that all these pictures show you the materials that are on the surface or close to the surface. The scale here, 
um, in this particular map. One, one thousand, one hundred thousand means that one unit, an inch, for example, is equal to one hundred units in real life. So it's a hundred thousand, or a, yeah, hundred thousand times bigger. And that way you kind of know how um, big. Also, sometimes in maps you have the geological age. Like I pointed out, you've got sometimes these fault lines are in here. You've got claims. Peaks are usually pointed out in certain areas, rivers and things like that as well. So a geological map is a valuable asset to have to your collection. Um, here, they talk about contacts and faults. We talked about that already, where you are going to find more mineralization where these different types of rocks transition each other, especially when it's like an igneous rock and some sort of a shale or a hornbill, hornblende or um, you know some other country rock or something like that. Also, um, in the information, you may see the dips, which show the orientation of the rocks, how they will jet uh, at an angle into the ground, which uh, may or may not be valuable to you if you're going to dig a whole lot. Um, that would certainly, if you're going to drill, you certainly want to be able to drill into the area and get good samples. They have cross sections sometimes that show you the actual layers. So sometimes you may see these layers here and there may be a bunch of sand up here and there's a lot of gold bearing stuff up here. Well, if you dig down into one of these, you might be in another gold bearing area or mineral laying, uh, bearing area. So there's a lot to be learned from this uh, geological map. So that is it from our friends with the searcher. Um, there's uh, also college, or excuse me, Cottage Grove, Oregon. You can go to travelawaits.com and they're having an event here. I believe it's this weekend at Cottage Grove, Oregon, about 23 miles south of Eugene. They've got a map here. A lot of things to do here. I noticed one of them was a, um, they got a big prospector here with a gold pan. Looks like he's maybe made out of uh, something that looks kind of like brass. I don't know, it could be wood even, um, but it's quite beautiful, the workmanship in it. The Bohemian Gold Mining Museum and uh, they have gold mining tools, relics, um, there's books, uh, all kinds of things you can look at. You can try panning gold there and uh, other fun, exciting things that they have there if you want to do. This has a lot of different things you could do if you're in that area. I just wanted to bring attention to that there. Next, gold mining, in, or excuse me, rock hounding in Nevada. Nevada's a great place to go rock hounding. You can get a gem and mineral book and look at a lot of areas. Here's one right on the site for the BLM, which is Bureau of Land Management, where it's open to the public to collect. And uh, they have instructions here. They tell you about these ruby red garnets that you can dig up. Um, and there they are by the handful there. There's directions, everything you want. Bring a rock hammer, some shovels, and Next thing you know, you will have some gems here. Looks like they're running uh, a carat size and even bigger. Some of them look like they're maybe five to seven carats there. Pretty nice. You might find a real winner there. Also, um, Nevada has some great opal if you're an opal lover. All sorts of really good gemstones. It's not just the Silver State. It has a lot going for it. 
Now the McDonald Ranch, um, this is in Texas, it's written by Tony Run, and if you uh, subscribe to Rock and Jim magazine, you'll get their magazine, but you can also subscribe for their email, it's free, they send it to anybody. They have links to interesting stories, subjects, and rocks. You can see the petrified wood there. Um, also, Bruce McKay is credited with writing here. Talks about the um, Central Oregon Rock Collectors Club to the McDonald. Oh, this McDonald uh, Ranch is in Oregon. My bad. I thought this was the one in Texas. Um, it's in Oregon, and they have all kinds of pictures here. It's 3,000 acres. Wow. And uh, you can find intact limbs, trunks um, of petrified wood. All sorts of gemstones are available there. Thunder eggs are there too. If you scroll down, you'll see some thunder eggs. There's a giant log there. It looks like it weighs a petrified piece of wood there. It looks like it weighs about a ton. They are selling the thunder eggs for a dollar a pound, petrified wood for two dollar a pound, and they also have angel wing agate. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, it can be really pretty. I don't think they have a picture here of it. Mm, no, they don't. But um, basically, it's an agate, and when you cut it, it has these wispy wisps and uh, can be quite pretty. They don't say what color it is. I've seen green and red, but uh, it is real pretty. they got a phone number there. Nice place to add to your list of collecting. Now, Danbarite beautiful stone here uh, again credited the the information is credited to rock and Jim and um, this came in the mail here and Damberite is a calcium boron uh, but it so I thought oh it's probably not that hard but it's a calcium boron silica so because it's silicon uh, infused it is quite hard on the hardness scale I think it's about a seven and if you look at the way it's terminated it's really cool. Um, it has this chiseled sort of look to it. Kind of looks like quartz in a way, maybe topaz. It is prismatic and has a distinctive chisel-shaped top at the end where it terminates. If you've ever seen a chisel on the back end of it, the way they bevel it, um, you know, it's kind of an octagon shape. Uh, or a sectagon shape and they bevel around the edges of the back side of it so you don't have any sharp edges when you hit it with a hammer um, so it is called a chisel shaped termination they have a lot more information here uh, it does fluorescent it's 7 to 7.5 on the hardness scale really beautiful stuff now where this was mined originally where this particular specimen came from was in Mexico and the area has been covered over you can't even dig it up anymore but uh, it was originally found in, in uh, Danbury, Fairfield, Connecticut. They said the original um, discovery in 1839. But uh, yeah, it, it's covered over. So it is still coming out of Mexico, my bad. Japan, Madagascar, uh, Myanmar, Russia, Italy, Tanzania, and Bolivia. So there's more than just Tanzanite coming out of Tanzania. So pretty cool. It can exhibit a blue-white to bright sky blue color on a long-wave ultraviolet light. Really cool. And after you turn the light off, it can kind of glow for a few seconds. An afterglow, which is called phosphorescence. Pretty cool. All right, we got another wonderful story. We've talked about garnets in Nevada. 
But if you subscribe to Rock and Jim, um, just the email even, not even the magazine, I recommend you get the magazine. Um, Tony Ron here has another article to her credit called The Garnet Family Spanning the Spectrum of Mineralogy. And um, maybe she's just getting credit for the picture. I don't know. Bob Jones here is the one that's credited with it. This guy is so knowledgeable and uh, such a great resource. I hope he never retires. I hope he lives forever. Um, but he has some very good stories about the garnets. There's beautiful uh, am amesite, which is chromium amesite garnet, which is a beautiful ultraviolet green color that is just breathtaking. I love it. Um, he talks about the characteristics, goes into quite some story about how it is a metamorphic schist rock. Um, yes, garnets will eventually change and deteriorate and turn into something else, um, but it takes long, 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 long time. So other garnets found around China have been quite popular lately, and then uh, orange garnets are quite um, collectible as well, and uh, there's just a real nice variety of garnets. You want to add those to your collection. Uh, there are also many of them are very affordable. Some of them can be super expensive, but you can still get a garnet specimen um, on average uh, income and have something to really enjoy. So guys, um, I want to thank you all for tuning in to Radical Rocks and supporting the channel. When you like and subscribe and share and leave comments, it really helps us build our membership, helps us get subscriptions. We're very close to being monetized on YouTube, so um, just a couple hundred more members about, and uh, that will happen. As you know, we give a lot back to rock hounding. We donate a lot of time. We, don't, we donate money. We donate rocks. Um, that's what we do. We're trying to keep rock hounding alive and uh, pass it on to people in the community, younger generations, and such. Everyone is welcome in the rock hounding community, bar none. All right, all around the world. We want everybody collecting rocks. And we want to keep areas open for casual collecting, too. So, guys, until next time, I want to thank you for tuning in. And remember, rock hounds don't die. They petrify.